Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown. With three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown, you get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Welcome back to the Legend of Zelda Lorecast. I am your host, Aaron, and joining me, as always, is my fellow amazing, incredible host. Just Ariel. Yeah. <laughs> Just Ariel. Just Ariel. So before we begin, Ariel, mm-hmm. we have to introduce the lovely people that have joined us today. Mm-hmm. Our patrons. <laughs> So, without further ado, we have our lovely patrons, Jedi. Hello. Kex. Hello. And then we have Wolfslore. Hello. And then we're going to have jumping in and out later, Maple. So, don't worry. Maple's here. Just busy. (laughs) So, today's episode is brought to you by the letter L. We're doing this again? We're going to do this again. I'm trying to get it on every podcast we do as much as possible. (laughs) No, it starts with the letter E for experiences. Experiences. That's what today's episode is about, right? No, I just like saying experiences for fun. Okay. So today's episode, we're going to talk about our personal experiences with the Legend of Zelda series, good, bad, and otherwise. No, it was your favorite experience. Oh, see, I don't read the notes. You're the one that... uh, (laughs) I give up. So we're going to talk about our favorite experiences. So who wants to start us off? It's been a while since we did this. So who wants to start? I have a few in mind. So I'll try to keep it at one for right now, <laughs> but I can start. What you got? One of the most unique feelings that I've ever had ever since I got interested in playing video games was the revelation in Link's Awakening that this was this was a dream island and that accomplishing our goal would essentially kill everyone on that island I've never 
either before or since I've never had a game made me make me actively feel guilty or feel like we should not finish it because doing so would result in in basically so many innocent people dying. I, I was very conflicted about finishing that game, honestly. I almost did not want my friend to do it. But that, in turn, it just... It made the stakes so high, and it made the game so memorable, and it was possibly one of my favorite twists in any game that I've ever seen. A very interesting take, too, on on dream like dreams and video games as well normally you think that you know if you are in a dream then whatever is happening does not matter it is a waste of your time here they sort of made it they made it even more what is the word i'm trying to say they used the fact that it was a dream to elevate the stakes even higher than they would have been normally They gave us all uh, what I like to call uh, dream anxiety. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Everyone should now feel guilty every time they wake up in the morning. Every Every time they wake up, they commit mass murder. (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) (laughs) I'm joking, everyone. Please do not listen to me. (laughs) Oh, no. Every time you wake up, you destroy an entire world. You're welcome. <laughs> we oh, are all God. Cthulhu. <laughs> we are all Cthulhu. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> I was thinking things, but I'll be nice. Like, that sounds like fun. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Leave it to Ariel. Destroying a whole world just sounds delightful <laughs> good way to wake up in the morning uh, it's okay. enemies because I'm not I mean I'm that, that sounds like fun but I'm not you know that bad so you know <laughs> enemies it's okay that. so only enemies get destroyed when you wake up yes uh, that makes more sense could you imagine how easy any Legend of Zelda game would be if that was the case just wake up it's over game's over and I'm sipping on an Octorok right now <laughs> Tears of the Kingdom ended with just Link in bed opening his eyes and then the credits rolled. (laughs) So I'm glad you brought that one up because the funny thing is this game was made when that was a very popular movie trope Mm -hmm. in Hollywood. Everybody was doing the, oh, the whole thing was a dream thing and it drove people nuts. But when this game did it, everybody was like, oh, that's creative. That's wonderful. That's that's insane. This is that's that's great. And I'm still sitting here going, what's the difference? <laughs> I think that's more because you're playing it. You're actually experiencing it. Unlike with the TV shows or movies. Yeah, you're watching it. You get invested, but not the same way when your action, your actions you're doing affects it. Okay, I can see that. Not You're... only that, but the fact of how you are interacting in the stream. This is not Link 
in a bed asleep and projecting like an avatar of himself into this dream. It is actually Link in the created by a god, which means that this is in a way some form of reality, which distincts it from most um, uh, dream twists that I have seen at least. Because in this way, again, you, especially too, because you form attachments with these characters, in particular Marin, um, and it, it just, it, it ups the stakes even more, especially because you find out before you wake up, this is a dream. It is not a twist at the very end. You find out during the dream and you find out what the consequences will be of ending the dream. And I think that is the main difference. I think you might be right. Honestly. That is it. That is a, I will say though, that is, it sounds like that's an experience that a lot of people really latched onto was that particular game in Link's Awakening. That moment when you realize, well, yeah, because it was one of the most traumatizing moments. (laughs) And from that point on, too, every every boss you slay essentially begs you not to go through with this. That's a whole nother dynamic that I could spend an hour talking about. I won't. But just the fact that an argument could be made that the monsters and demons in this are acting potentially in self-defense instead of true malice. That's insane. (laughs) Link, for once, Link is the bad guy, man. <laughs> oh, oh, that's a good it one. It really is such a unique take on on the whole dream trope. That was a good one, though. I will give you that. That was a good. That's a good starter point for this episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so who wants to go next? Experiences. I guess I can. Uh, for me, when I first started playing The Legend of Zelda, I was in elementary school and I started with, out with Orchid of Time and it just, for me, it was hard to get the controller and get going with the game. So it took me a while till I could actually beat my first Legend of Zelda game, which was Wind Waker. So just the fact that I actually got to finish it all the way through was like my big thing because I actually beat it myself. Because <laughs> small kid hands do not work well for when you're trying to <laughs> dodge monsters and hit the right button weapon combination. <laughs> uh, small hands don't fit in the GameCube controller very well. They don't, yeah. they don't fit the Nintendo 64 controller that well. <laughs> They don't. <laughs> to be honest, I don't think many people's hands fit the N64 controller well at all, <laughs> regardless of size. Such a strange little thing. thing. Lessons learned. <laughs> In the water temple was just a nightmare, too. I may or may not have thrown some controllers on that one. I'm not going to lie. We don't have the best relationship to this day still. <laughs> Uh, so you'd say your 
personal experience was the first time you actually completed a Legend of Zelda game, which being Wind Waker. Yeah, it was like, oh yeah, I got to defeat Gan Gandorf all by myself. This wasn't like I watched somebody else do this. I did it myself. I found it. So Wind Waker was a really good game. But I kind of feel like and and you, you, everybody chime in whenever you feel like. I feel like Wind Waker was made slightly easier and more comprehensible for a wider genre of fans. Doesn't mean that it was easy because it did get substantially harder as you progressed through the game and it got back to the basics of Legend of Zelda difficulty. But I feel like it was more... You had more of an introduction to the game and more time to actually learn the controls and kind of balance yourself out with the difficulty, which I think was why it's a, it is one of the most completed Legend of Zelda games for the wide variety of Legend of Zelda fans. I would agree with that. You had more of a little bit slower entry into, oh, I'm surrounded by enemies all of a sudden. It was a, you had to do all these steps before you got to it. See, we're talking about Wolf's baby here. That's why I knew Wolf would turn the camera on and start immediately going, hmm, hmm. <laughs> I will probably admit I probably got more satisfaction out of being Twilight Princess the first time than I did Wind Waker. But it was still my first time doing it, so I was just like, yes, I did it. Well, and see, I feel like Twilight Princess is the direct opposite of Wind Waker. It wasn't an introduction story. It was a... <laughs> get ready to get your world rocks kind of yeah. game. <laughs> oh, you you got the sword mechanics down, but did you figure out that you can use your grappling hook as a weapon and also the spin top? Oh, and also we have this bow and we have the boomerang and oh, now we have mounted combat. It was all over the place with and you also new... And you have to figure out how as a wolf. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And then you have... Yeah. You had to figure out when to use the wolf and when not to use the wolf. It was a whole thing. It was a very difficult game. But it also came out shortly after... Uh, I don't want to say shortly. It came out after... Uh, yeah, it came out shortly after Shadows of Colossus. And if you look at that, you look at Shadows of Colossus and its success at the time, I feel like Twilight Princess may have taken some inspiration between sh from that and uh, also... Oh gosh, it was the game where you played as the uh, Kitsune. Oh, uh, Okami? Yes, Okami. I feel like it took inspiration from both of those games. Yeah, I could see that. For its mechanics and play style, which is what also contributed, I feel, contributed largely to its success as well. Yeah. Which also contributed to its difficulty. I mean, <laughs> back to what we were originally talking about. These are all the reasons why I think why a lot of people share similar experiences with Wind Waker with you as well, because it was one of the, for a lot of people, it was an introduction to the Legend of Zelda story for them, for a new generation and old generations alike. Mm -hmm. And it was also a game that really kind of accommodated the players into, hey, let's help you figure this game series out and then we'll jump you into the drop you into the deep end. Yeah. I also feel like it starts of as close to a hybrid as you can get of the linear style of Zelda and the open world style of Zelda. 
Exactly. It was that branch. It was that breaching point between the two styles, really. Mm-hmm. Man, you guys Correct have some me really if I'm good wrong, ones. <laughs> but can't you do the wind temple and earth temple in reverse order if you so desire? You can do those in whichever order you prefer, as long as you go to the other island where you had to get the item to get into those temples. Right. Yes. But you, you do not require the item from, say, the Earth Temple to complete the Wind Temple. I thought so. It has been a while, though. <laughs> mm-hmm. Another great leap forward in the series there was that exact mechanic. Before, it was very linear. Like, you have to complete X to get to Y, complete mm-hmm. Y to get to Z. With Wind Waker, it was like, eh, whatever. Just do the, do the puzzles. Do the thing. <laughs> But also, here's something you need before you can go to this point. Like it was introduced, it, like you said, it was a very good blending point. Oh, I do like the HD release because you didn't have to pay as much money to tingle to get your maps uh, where you figure out where you go. He didn't rake you across the coals for all the money you're worth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got you out of jail. Can't you give me a break? <laughs> Come on, man. Oh, oh gosh. Well, Ariel, mm. do you want to save your experience for after the mid break? Sure. Okay. So then I guess what we'll do from here is we'll go to a mid break. And when we come back, we'll hear about Ariel's experience. Wolf's experience, my experience, and anybody else's experience who wants to put one other one in. <laughs> so let's go to our mid break. Well, here we are in the middle of the episode, Ariel. Wait for it. I'm waiting. It's awful medley in here. Boom! <laughs> so. Do you know what we do in the middle of our uh, lovely mid-breaks? No, I forgot. It's oh. only, you know, we've only been doing this for years. And no, I don't remember. Oh, we thank our patrons. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> so we have to thank our golden goddess level patrons. Dragon Knight. Jeremy Kelly. Maple Flapjacks. Who's here? <laughs> oh, God. This one's going to get me. Reticent Lobo. <laughs> I hope I said that right. <laughs> then we have to think. Good. It's it's. I was. It was beautiful. It was perfect. Absolutely perfect. <laughs> <laughs> we have to also thank our high royalty patron Nightfall, and then our Sheikah level patrons: Bird's Eye View Entertainment, Foil Grimmere, It's Broken Link, Jedi Link, who's here. Hello. And Kex, who's here? Hello. <laughs> Maze, Potato Drummer, Solid Me Boy, The Seven Sins, The Tangle Factor 85, Toil 3, Venomous Duck, We Are Legion, and Arco Kiri patrons, Finn Richens, Hylian Riot, Jumanji, Nebula Echo, Preston Balagad, Remington Cloutier, and of course our fairy patrons, Christopher Green, 
Tin Lionel, Doug Leamy, Scarlet Sparrow, Seemingly Strange, and that's our patrons. So thank you, patrons. Thank you so much for one, being here and helping to support us, and two, sticking with us through thick and thin, because without you, we really wouldn't have a show. <laughs> no, thank you, Aaron. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> and this is the part where we thank our listeners. Well, yeah, you kind of already <laughs> said my line. <sighs> but anyways, thank you, patrons. We do greatly appreciate it. And thank you, listeners, because Aaron loves to repeat me. We wouldn't have a show without you. Mm-hmm. We wouldn't have a show without the patrons. We wouldn't have a show without the listeners. We just wouldn't have a show if people didn't support us and listen. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so before we continue, I put it down somewhere. We have a few email reviews that I want to read out here because we haven't done this in a long time. We haven't read emails in a long time. We haven't read reviews in a long time. We haven't done anything in a long time. It's time we catch back up, don't you think? This first email comes to us from Zandir, and it reads, Hello, I love this podcast, and I've been meaning to send this for a while now, but haven't gotten a chance to. First of all, are you able to do an episode on speedrunning glitches and only link theories? I'd love to hear Kex's theories on this. I also have a couple questions and merch items. First, what episode was the most fun to record? I honestly, it's going to sound like a cop-out answer, but the patrons know. I think the most fun episodes, period, dot to record are the patron episodes. I mean, I don't know how you guys feel, but I feel like it's the most fun. They are very fun, yes. <laughs> I always have a ball when I come here. See? It's, it's always interesting to see like <laughs> other people's perspectives and like all the patrons here, each chats and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. See, I wasn't lying. It's the most fun episodes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, secondly, what is your favorite armor set in Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom? So, I'm actually going to ask the patrons what my favorite armor set is. Because if you know me, oh, you already know no. the answer. I only fangirl about this all the time. <laughs> See how well you can get it. We'll put you all on the spot right now. <laughs> I'm busy trying to narrow down my potential five candidates to one personally. <laughs> this is easy. It's the Gerudo armor. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> Although that you like that was a that second runner-up. The tangle up. one. The tangle. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, that is my most hated armor set. It just looks so weird. Uh, <laughs> oh, all right, Maple. What's your guess? Oh no. Um, 
I don't know. I'm going with I'm, I'm going to go with a gut feeling. Phantom Ganon. Oh, it was a close. That was another close second for me. Kex, it's all on you. <laughs> I'm honestly not terribly sure, but maybe Fierce Deity. That's it. Done. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite armor set in Tears of the Kingdom Breath of the Wild. Our, uh, our, our email was asking me. I was making the patrons guess it. Because I'm a terrible person. <laughs> so Ariel hmm. now you have to answer these questions first of all which episode was the most fun for you to record the beetle episode the beetle episode <laughs> <laughs> okay secondly what is your favorite armor Seth 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 yep Seth not Kyle uh, what is your favorite armor set in Tears of the Kingdom Breath of the Wild Oh, so you made everybody else guess. How about you guess mine? <laughs> it's well, there's that's not fair because there is new armor sets in Tears of the Kingdom. So How's that not fair? I will ask this question. Is it the same armor set in both? Yeah. Okay, so then that makes it fair again. I still don't know. <laughs> Tingle. No, I. I yeah. Honestly, I, think I, I just think... saw her dry heave. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's the. Um... Oh, man, I just had it. It's one of the DLC armor set. No. It isn't one of the DLC armor sets. Is yours Phantom Ganon? Mm-mm. Nope. Which one's yours then? You give up. Mm-hmm. It's the stealth set. Oh, that's right. Dang it. You did wear that everywhere because nobody could track you. I remember mm-hmm. that now. You wore it in both of them. <sighs> well, anyway, the rest of the email says... My favorite set for all the shrines, it's the one that's for all the shrines in Tears of the Kingdom. I have a theory of where Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom takes place, and which is where it was once flooded in Wind Waker, and it somehow drained. This would explain all the mountains, the ruins, and the Koroks. What do you think about this? That's actually something we've discussed here. I'm not 100% on it, though. There's a bunch of reasons why, and we'll get to those later. I'm not 100% convinced, though. What's your you know, thoughts? I, I saw a YouTube video early. I haven't had a chance to watch it yet, but I I saw a video earlier today about how someone unflooded Hyrule in Wind Waker using, uh, of course, programming and mods and all that. It would be interesting to compare what they discover to what's in Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom. I'll have to watch that later. <laughs> you have to send it to me later, too. <laughs> I think if I've I can seen find it, I will. <laughs> I, I think I've seen that video floating around my feed. It's just like uh, Wind Waker unflooded. Quite literally. Oh, wow. That's going to be easy enough to find. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, so there are a couple links here. One of the links is broken, so we can't look at the other merch item they sent us. But we did get this one. It says, yay, you found me, and it's Koroks on a floor mat for $15 on Etsy. That doesn't say yay. That says, I'm sorry, yeah, ha, ha. Here we go. <laughs> I want that. <laughs> yeah, ha, ha. It'll look nicely with my please leave. Welcome back. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, yeah, it's uh, from the creator Two Day Doormats. On Etsy. We'll put that link in the show notes. So the next email we have. All right. This one comes to us from Alex. Love listening to you guys. Finally, fully caught up. And I had a couple questions. Number one, what happened to the link sounds? <laughs> what happened to the link sounds whenever you say link in the mid break? Honestly, they became too much. There was just too much yawing. We had far more complaints than compliments about those sound effects. Uh, Number two, where's the ocarina battle? (laughs) We just talked about that before this episode recording. It's true. (laughs) Don't worry. It's coming. I'm just that bad at instruments. And have zero time to practice. So it may not be much of a battle. (laughs) Says all the stars. Can't wait to hear you talk about Spirit Tracks and Oracle of Seasons. Alex. Both of which should be coming right around the corner. I'm just saying. Spirit Tracks. All right. So this one, this is the final one. Comes to us from Darknut89 says hello lorecast i am a big fan of your show and i've heard every episode five times i love ariel's corner yeah (laughs) i have two questions number one are you and ariel married regrettably oh burn (laughs) ouch my feels (laughs) number two what is the easiest zelda game you ever played that that's that's the question. Easiest. Easiest. Link's Awakening remake. Uh, Done. <laughs> I almost I almost have a follow-up question for this. Do they mean puzzle-wise or do they mean combat-wise? <laughs> you know what? And it's a good thing you asked that cuz it doesn't say. <laughs> <laughs> There could be two potential answers for that, then. I'll go with then the puzzle one, because the puzzles or the shrines or, you know, the stuff in uh, Mm. Breath of the Wild was pretty easy for me. God, it was easy for you. (laughs) I had to do some of them for you, didn't I? Um... Okay, so I also have a theory. What if Farosh, Dinral, and Nadra are not named after the Golden Goddesses, but are the Golden Goddesses reformed? You talked about that, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Mm-hmm. I Ariel had a pretty convincing argument. You put it in the Dragons episode, wasn't it? I can't remember. Maybe. I can't remember either. 
been a while. Mm-hmm. You made a pretty convincing argument, though. I can't remember if we put it in an episode or if it was just me and you talking. I can't, I can't remember, remember now. You, I remember talking about it. We may have to put it in an episode in the future, then. Just okay. in case. Yeah, just in just case. Just in case. If you read this on an episode, it'll make my day. Peace out. Dark Nut 89. Well, guess what? Day made. <laughs> I, I, I like that train of thought because I feel like I feel like it would fit a little bit better uh, in the theory that um, Breath of the Wild era is basically a reboot. Mm-hmm. But if we go with if we do go with reboot theory, it presents us with the possibility that Hylia and other deities may in fact just be extremely powerful Zonai. So if we apply that to this theory, it could be that both are true. The people that became Farosh, um, Nedra, and Dinral could just be Zonai, but they were they were Din, Faror, and Nehru, and those were just their names, and they, they weren't God, goddesses in the traditional sense, but they they seemed like goddesses to the people of Hyrule. Mm-hmm. I mean, it very well could be. It, it's. I feel like the next game is going to some... answer a lot of questions for us. There are similarities. I, I personally do not believe in in reboot theory personally, but. There, I cannot deny that it's still very interesting to talk about, and I will say that there are very interesting similarities between the um, Zonai constructs and the Laneru Desert robots. Chiefly, that their their arms and so forth are sort of like that they are suspended in place by electromagnetism. They both share that trait, and they both seem sentient as well. Here's what I'm going to say, and I'm not going to go into it. So get ready to go. Oh, man, really? (laughs) I have a theory that the golden goddess. Oh, man, really? Dang it. That the golden goddesses played the same card Zelda did when she was Hylia. I believe the golden goddesses also reincarnated after completing the construction of the world. And that's where highly oh. I got the idea. Can I, can I ask one follow up question and then I I will let this go? I promise. <laughs> okay. Does this then mean, and not to get ahead of ourselves, since he said the Oracle games are soon to come, but does this then mean that you think that the three women from the Minish Cap and the Oracle games are the mortal forms then of those goddesses? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yep. I have seen that floating around here and there. I did not know that you that you believed in that as well. It's a very interesting thought. There's a lot of missing pieces, but there is a lot of there's a lot of evidence to prove that it is a high potential probability. But I'll leave it at that because we have to get through this mid break. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, that being said. Ariel, what'd you bring us for our mid-break? A lot of sarcasm. Oh, so great. Awesome. Oh, so awesome. That's how you do a sarcasm, right? 
So anyways, I <laughs> brought something from Etsy. Etsy? From Laser Miami. And it is Legend of Zelda Wooden Nightlight. And it's super pretty. I'm sorry, did you say Laser Miami? Check it out. Isn't it pretty? Ooh, it's got na... I almost said Nami. That Navi? is One Piece. Navi. <laughs> we don't talk about One Piece. One Piece! So, yeah, it kind of looks like wooden, like, almost puzzle pieces. Mm-hmm. And you connect them together. And it has a bunch of different images here. There's Majora's Mask and Navi and the, let's see, Hylian Crest and just a bunch of different stuff. And it is running at a very lovely number of $25, even. Ooh. And <laughs> this is, so they have different patterns because they have Legend of Zelda, the Nightmare Before Christmas, Totoro, oh. which I love Totoro, Totoro. and Star Wars. <laughs> and Star Wars is awesome too let's see what the totoro looks like but yeah i will have the link for that in the show notes oh it's so cute (laughs) so while we're on the topic of puzzles i know this is going to be a little out of the way but i couldn't think of a better transition point than to tell everyone about what i brought today today because you said puzzles, I brought the Be Puzzled Legend of Zelda Triforce Brain Teaser Set. So this comes to us uh, on Amazon, is where you can order it at, for $26.99. And it is from the creators, I'm going to try to say this, Hanayama. Yeah, I actually got it that time. Hanayama Brain Teasers. Um, and it has three puzzles. It has the Triforce, the Hyrulean Crest, and the Master Sword puzzles. And they are for... Um, they are puzzles rated level 5 for ages 12 and up. So, it's pretty sick. <laughs> I want them all. <laughs> so, yeah. That is what I brought today. And now I pitch it to our patrons, starting with Jedi. Well, I brought a shirt that gives very good advice for any Legend of Zelda player. When in doubt, break pots. Like, break, break clay pots. So it's a t-shirt with the picture <laughs> of the clay pot. Um, they have them different colors. They're from Thread and... Where is it? Uh... Thistle's inventory. I love their description, their thing where it says, are you low on rent this month? Have no fear. All you have to do is pick up your grandmother's precious clay pot, throw it at her, and money will pop out. <laughs> Grants and Thistle's inventory does not condone violence. <laughs> oh, no. Why? <laughs> the Smash Clay Pot's design references the best way to get rupees in the Legend of Zelda series. It features a classic clay pot design from the games, Ripe and ready for smashing. Don't forget to yell up noxiously for maximum profits. (laughs) 
So the shirt's available in a couple different colors. It's $30. They also have it available in a hoodie that starts at $50. They have it as uh, two different posters, one for $20 and one for $40. And they have a couple of other Legend of Zelda stuff, so great site to check out. Clip pop poster right there on the wall in the studio. <laughs> I want a t-shirt. <laughs> That's actually a pretty good price, and it's a pretty funny design. I like the description mostly, though. <laughs> uh, Jedi finds some of the coolest stuff, I swear. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. All right, so that brings us to Kex. Kex, what did you bring for us today? Hopefully I found a working picture of this to post in the chat. But I found also on Etsy. Of course, it is unfortunate. You can click the link if you want to see. But I found um, something on Etsy. It is a collection of uh, the secret stones in their various colors with their various runes um, uh, from uh, Tears of the Kingdom. And I believe they have... You, you order them separately. You order whichever one you want. But I do believe that they have all eight in question, including the darkness one. I also think it's sold out at the moment, but there is an option for rainbow, which I would assume is just a combination of all of them. I cannot find a picture of that one, though. But the individual color ones are absolutely gorgeous. And I really want one for myself, though I'm not sure which one. <laughs> but they look very well made. It says that um, they are made of, of resin. So it they look very authentic to the game. Who's the, uh, who's the creator for those? Aegis Printing. <laughs> those are really right. pretty. Those are nice looking that one the darkness one's got like this purple like almost cosmic hue to it so one of each one of each done they're all really <laughs> good I, I particularly like the water one as well so yes that one's nice I like that one thank you Kex <laughs> you are welcome thank you for the help <laughs> I got you. Don't worry. So, last but not least, Maple, what'd you bring? All right. So, I know we're on a uh, you know Legend of Zelda podcast, but I decided <laughs> to bring something from Golden Sun. Oh, I'm Post sorry. To the- <laughs> 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 <Trigger another game. laughs> uh, it is a uh, cubic diorama of a uh, the combat scene. Golden Sun just became free to play on the Nintendo store, did it not? Uh, uh, yes. So. Um, for the uh, Game Boy Advance NSO. I remember this little this little feller. This is the first thing I fought in this game. <laughs> yes. And I massacred it. <laughs> <laughs> Your first Earth Elemental. <laughs> Dead. They're Venus. Say, so you thought they were Venus? Is that what you said? 
Yeah, uh, that's their planets. It was Venus, Mercury, Mars, and Jupiter. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then their uh, elemental properties to each of them. Yeah. Oh boy. <sighs> Golden Sun dioramas. <laughs> <laughs> You've been holding on to this for how long, Mabel? <laughs> uh, well, it's been in a uh, chat with a friend on Twitter for like four years. <laughs> Literally about four years. <laughs> oh my god. Oh god. Oh. All right. Well, uh, thank you for the lovely merchandise and golden sun dioramas. <laughs> they are pretty cool looking, though. <laughs> but uh, the site that it's from also has a lot more like uh, panoramic and shadow boxes. Like they have def- a uh, Wind Waker diorama. It's currently oh, sold out. snap. See, I didn't even know that. They got a Totoro diorama. What? <laughs> it's Totoro diorama. It leaks licking too. It's sold out though. Oh, Link to the Past diorama. They got Mario. Yeah, Mario Kart. Earthbound. Pokemon. All right. Enough about that. <laughs> So with that being said, Ariel, hmm. this brings us to the end of the mid-break. Mm-hmm. So what do we do at the end of the mid-break? Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> just going just gonna to call it quits now. <laughs> well, we could whistle on over to STL Ocarina. Ooh. Use our promo code LOZLORE10 and save 10% off a beautiful Ocarina. I mean, you're going to need one for our duel that, you know. Probably won't happen for another 10 years. I promise you that this duel will take place this year, 2025. This is 2024. (laughs) Don't correct me. I know what I'm saying. (laughs) (sighs) But anyways, yeah, you could go over to STL Ocarina. Go browse. They're wonderful, wonderful ocarinas. And save yourself 10% off by using our promo code. Then you can roll on over to Fan Roll Dice. Use our promo code AlmightyC10, which is ALL Mighty, the letter C and 10, and save 10% off their beautiful dice. And they have metal and resin and gemstone and the silicone and wooden. And they have a bunch of different types of dice to choose from, as well as dice accessories like bags and trays and towers and whatnot and you can save yourself 10% off and you can switch on over to Nixie Gaming use our promo code LOZLore save 10% off switch accessories and they have docking stations and cables and cases and they have controllers and their newest thing is the GameCube controller And they have a whole bunch of different, well, not a whole bunch. There's a few different colors to choose from. And their newest one is the burnt orange. Yes. So you can save 10% off your purchase there. Then you can stealth on over to the Cloak and Dagger company. Use our promo code LZLore10 and save 10% off awesome handmade 
merch. So they have tunics and caps and like a whole, cloaks and a whole bunch of cool, cool stuff. No daggers. Yet. Yet. Well, I say that, <laughs> I don't know. But it, yeah, so go check them out. Use our promo code when you inevitably fall in love with our merch. Then, last but not least, zoom on over to W Energy. Use our promo code Fumbling4, which is Fumbling and the number four. Save 10% off energy drinks. And they sell the tubs of powder, and there's no jitters and no crash. And Aaron just had gotten the Palm Blom flavored, which is pomegranate cherry blossom. They have a whole bunch of different flavors to choose from, so you're bound to find one that you love. And like I said, no crash, no jitters out of your energy drink. So it smells so good. The Palm Blom just smells so good. So zoom on over there and save 10% off. And that's it. That's it. That's it. Nothing else. No. Honestly, no. On to the end of the episode. (laughs) So welcome back to the final part of this episode. We still have a few experiences to go through. So, Maple, what experience do you want to share with us? Mmm. Mmm. <laughs> I have a few. I think one that I usually hark back to, for at least personally, is uh, getting spirit tracks for Christmas and then beating it within two days. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. That oh. was very impressive, honestly. <laughs> it was a lot of... <laughs> Long, long nights uh, spent as a child hiding under the covers, you know, playing Game Boy out of sight of mom and dad. <laughs> I'm not a supposed to do this. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, uh, playing through Spirit Tracks in, th- in two days, thinking it was super linear oh, and linear. not good, and then playing it again. A hundred percent, like years down the line, with the exception of the stamps, I still cannot find that last one. No, the one that got away. <laughs> Quite literally. <laughs> yeah, it, it was that. That's still, uh, it still kind of haunts me. But yeah, the spirit. It, it, I still think that spirit tracks is linear. My opinion of it has grown a lot, a lot better. It's a good game, still very linear, in my opinion. I agree. Honestly, it's one of the more linear 3D Zelda games, if you want to call it. I mean, you're right, though. It didn't make it bad. Anyway, yeah. So, yeah, I have to agree. It's. One of the more linear. It's not terrible because of that. It's just, I feel like during this time frame with these games in particular, the Wind Waker, you know, the the, the tune style of games, I think this was them trying to figure out what the new direction they want to go is. 
with the style of games. So they were experimenting a lot with a lot of different potentials. Like, do we want to do it platformer and linear? Do we want to do just linear? And you see that a lot right now. If you look at the Sonic Hedgehog series, you're seeing that as well. You know, do we want to go back to linear? Do we want to do 3D with linear? Do we want to do platforming? Do we want to do both? Every game series, every major game series goes to these milestones of testing and tampering to figure out what new direction they want to go for the next, you know, generation. Doesn't make them bad games, though. No. That's a cool experience, though. Christmas and then beat it two days later. You didn't even stop to enjoy it. (laughs) (laughs) No, that was my enjoying it. Maybe you just enjoyed it so much. that You just kept going. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's like getting Twilight Princess in 06 for like Christmas with the Wii. I didn't stop. I didn't stop. No. <laughs> Full force. <laughs> I had one Game Boy game. That was it. <laughs> Wasn't that the one you, we got you on the... Uh... The Super Mario Land 2. Yep. It was the only game I had and I played that over and over oh, yeah. and over and over and over again. I mean, best Mario Land game. Yeah. I tried playing it. I can't. I can't. I guess I just miss out on this one. <laughs> uh, all right, Ariel. Hmm. You're up. Favorite experience with Legend of Zelda? Well, I have a couple, but I'll just share my, I guess, my favorite of my favorites. Okay. I guess. So... My favorite experience is how Breath of the Wild made me fall in love with open world. Ooh. Because I hated open world games before that. And I did not want to play Breath of the Wild. And then you kept hounding me. You should play it. Give it a try. You should play it. And I did. And then I absolutely fell in love with open world. See? just I the few games before that I played that were open world I just hated them trying to think of like I played WoW for a little bit and I hated that and what I don't know it's been a while there was I tried a couple more but I didn't like them but then when I finally played Breath of the Wild I fell in love so Breath of the Wild made me fall in love with other games as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, honestly, yeah, Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Tears of the Kingdom. Yeah, there's a lot of open world style games you play now. Mm-hmm. Do you think that that do you think that you fell in love with Breath of the Wild because it's more of like a sandbox style open world where it's open world, but it's still got you somewhat confined. Um, I don't know. I love the whole exploring. I could just go wherever I wanted. I was used to playing Resident Evil because I absolutely love Resident Evil as well. And it's a very, like, yes, there's backtracking and stuff, but it's very you go. Mm-hmm. 
you know. But with this, I got to explore wherever I wanted. Just go. And there wasn't a whole lot of obstacles that stopped you from being able to explore certain things either. Mm-hmm. That was nice. Well, do you have any other experiences you want to share? I mean, I do, but... Okay, so... <laughs> All right. <laughs> This still in with Breath of the Wild because it just, I just talked about it. So let's continue on. So I, when I first started playing it, I was terrified of Lynels. I avoided them like the plague. Anytime I saw even a hint of one, I ran the opposite direction. I would not even, no, nope, nope. I did not want anything to do with those. And then finally I was like, okay, let me put my big girl pants on and <laughs> fight one. And like it, it took, it was easy. So I'm like, seriously, I was avoiding these, like the plague, like they were worse than like Ganon. And I just, yeah. So then I went Lionel hunting. You really did too. I did. I killed like all the Lionels over and over and over and over again. So that was, I loved that because I was so like, I'm against fighting them. And then when I finally did, I was like, oh, that's, that's it. Okay. Put it in perspective. Who else here was terrified of the Golden Lionels? Not nice. <laughs> Not Sorry, nice. Really? No. <laughs> Neither was she. Nope. I- <laughs> well, after I fought Lionels, and yeah. I was like, oh, oh, this is really, this is what I was avoiding? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what did you say, Kex? <laughs> It wasn't a gold Lionel that we were so afraid of, but when we were playing Master Mode, I would say within the first half hour, long before we left the plateau, while before we even had any spirit orbs at all, we happened to come across a white Lionel that was just living on the plateau now (laughs) apparently that's where it stays in master mode and uh it did see king and uh the result was well it happened quick we'll say that (laughs) (laughs) see i didn't mess with gold lionels until after she had already killed hers and i already had the game like what six months prior to you yeah yeah no i didn't touch it Mm. And then she goes in and just beats the holy daylights out of it. And I went, well, if you can do it, I should be able to do it. I could not. It took me a while. <laughs> and that's when I learned Ariel's better at video games than me. <laughs> I'll be honest. I am with Kex on this one. Like the, the white Lionel and master mode on the plateau is <laughs> that, that one is that one is scary. <laughs> that's it. I, I have a new challenge for you, Ariel. Master mode, white Lionel. Okay. <laughs> she's, Challenge she's, accepted. She's not even exaggerating. Right now, she is currently shiny Pokemon hunting. Yeah. Yeah. No, I. I still firmly stand by the belief that only insane people shiny hunt, because if you aren't insane when you start, you will be insane when you're done. Uh, why? One in four thousand. I have like over three boxes filled with shiny. See exactly. I have no patience. 
if you fill the Pokedex, not to get us too off topic, but if you get, if you fill the Pokedex, it gives you a little charm that improves the rate of, of shiny spawn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it still doesn't. It's still, I've never felt like it was that by that much. I mean, I've caught a few shinies here and there, but nothing as nearly as impressive as you. Yeah, you have three whole Pokedex boxes or Pokemon boxes full of them. Yeah, I've got, well, I've got over three. I'm filling my fourth one now. I just got a shiny Smeargle this morning. Yeah, see, no, I have absolute respect for people who shiny hunt. Don't get me wrong, but y'all got to be insane. <laughs> and the coughing, but I think the coughing was last night. It was last night, yeah. You were impressively insane. That's what I'll say. Impressively insane. Although I do have first, a funny story about my first shiny. I caught one. It was a hoot hoot and gold and silver when it first came out. So there's no way you tell it's a shiny except you get the little sparkle. I'm like, huh, why does this Pokemon do this? I just caught it not realizing this is super rare. Why is this thing sparkling? <laughs> My very first shiny, I just thought it was a new species. <laughs> uh, oh, gosh. My first one was uh, a shiny, uh, 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 what is it, Starly? Before yep. you get any Pokeballs? <laughs> no. Oh, no. That is perfect. <laughs> I didn't even know that was possible. Oh, it's it's very punishing and possible. <laughs> it's a tease, is what it is. <laughs> uh, oh, goodness. Well, anyway, I guess we leave me for last year. My experience with Legend of Zelda is a good and bad one. This is favorite. Huh? I said this is favorite. It is my favorite. It starts off bad and <laughs> ends good. So. Uh, my first experience is when I actually actively sought out the Legend of Zelda. So it started when I got my GameCube. And with the GameCube that I got, it came with the collector's edition Legend of Zelda series game disc. Got it for Christmas one year. I put the game disc in since it was the only game I had and immediately started with Legend of Zelda 2. Because I... Yeah. Because I thought you had to play these games in order. So I get into Legend of Zelda 2. Uh-huh. So I get into Legend of Zelda 2. I'm playing it. It's okay. I'm like, okay, well, this isn't too bad. It's kind of like Castlevania. Not too bad. And then I keep dying and keep dying. And then I find out I can't go through the cave because I don't have some sort of candle. And I keep dying and I keep dying. And there's these random enemies that spawn all the time in the environment. And you're like, oh my gosh, how do I get past these? Eventually, I got to the point where I said, this game is terrible. I don't know why anybody liked it or even replayed it. And I don't know why there's so many sequels. So I didn't touch the game again for another three months. <laughs> Mind you, I played the original Legend of Zelda on the NES. It was fun. So I thought that's what I was going to get in for with Zelda 2. <sighs> A fair assumption. Mm-hmm. So months go on, and I finally look at the game, and I, I was talking with a friend at school, and he goes, have you ever played Ocarina of Time? I said, I've got it. I just couldn't be bothered. 
because of Legend of Zelda 2. And he gave me the same reaction that everyone else has given me this podcast episode. Oof. (laughs) (laughs) He says, do me a favor, go back and play Ocarina of Time and then let me know what you think. This proceeded to be my spirit tracks. (laughs) I wake up at six o'clock every morning, even on school days. I play till I had to leave to go to school at 745. I'd come home from school. I complete my homework at school so that I had more time when I got home to play. I'd get home at 335 and I would immediately start playing until bedtime. I'd fake going to sleep until all my parents were clear and I'd stay up till one, two o'clock in the morning, continuing to play. (laughs) After a week of this, I finally beat Ocarina of Time and went, huh, wow. But wait, there's more. Because I fell in love with Ocarina of Time, halfway through that week, I started playing Majora's Mask simultaneously. That was a mistake. (laughs) (laughs) So anytime I got stuck on Ocarina of Time and got frustrated, I'd switch to Majora's Mask and the vice versa. So after about a week of playing, I beat both Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask literally one day after the other. When it was done, I went, cool, I can play the Wind Waker game now. That's when my heart was broken and I found out that that game disc only had a 30 minute preview of Wind Waker. Oh, 20. Yeah, it was 20. Yeah, I can never remember. It was only 30 or 20. But yeah, I was heartbroken because I was running around and doing everything I used to do. And then it'd be like, okay, thanks for playing. And it's like, I haven't even left the beginning island. So (laughs) it very quickly to me became a competition to see how far I could get before the demo kicked me out. And I don't even think that it was like truly 20 minutes either because I could get like halfway through a dragon roost and that that would take me at least 10 minutes even now and Mm -hmm. you're like all right thank you for playing oh yeah they had cutoff points like later on uh especially doing the show doing all the research i found that they had cutoff points like you reach certain areas it would cut you off even if you hadn't reached the 20 minute playthrough yeah that's that's what i had thought as a kid too Mm -hmm. so yeah, that was my most favorite experience with Legend of Zelda because that is the experience that got me to really dedicate a lot to the Legend of Zelda series. So there you go. Long-winded, but still a goodie. <sighs> Legend of Zelda 2 almost ruined me. <laughs> oh, I'm glad it didn't. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> or else Ariel never would have played Breath of the Wild <laughs> she would have never fell in love with open world games did you ever go back and beat Zelda 2 out of curiosity yep with the game genie on the original NES or uh, was it SNES? NES I can't remember now it was NES. NES, yeah. NES because um mm-hmm. the, uh, SNES would be ALTTP yeah, yeah right. I think yep. the past was the first one on SES because it had the pink hair almost. Yep. Yep, that was a whole controversy and a half back then. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, no, I, I went back, but I did it with Game Genie. I said, I'm not playing this fair because you don't play fair. I'm not playing fair. <laughs> Same experience we... that I had with uh, the Game Boy Advance version with a Game Shark instead. <laughs> you don't play fair? Fine. We beat it using the Switch's rewind feature, and even then, King almost lost his mind. <laughs> it, it's just super difficult. Even like the, tr- even if you're able to try and think like two steps ahead of your enemy, it's just like you're running 50-50s and it's still yeah. not good. And yet, he refused to use that corner ankle stabbing glitch against Dark Link. He refused to do it. He was fine with rewinding, and he did it quite a bit during that battle, but he refused to make it easier on himself and use that glitch. It was frustrating. <laughs> oh, yeah. I went back even with... I, I even I, went back with the uh, rewind feature on the, the switch and decided not to continue. <laughs> I will never do it again. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Maybe I'll make Ariel play through it. Okay. Okay. We're going to do this. <laughs> okay. Then you'll know the pain. <laughs> oh, gosh. I live with you. I can do anything at this Wow. <laughs> I will say it is a very interesting game lore-wise, so I, I do think it is worth the trouble as long as you use everything in your power to make it easier for yourself. Mm-hmm. Even with the game sharks and the game genies and everything else, it was still hard. That's the worst part is it was still hard. Even when you cheated to make it not hard. Yeah. (laughs) I'm invincible. That's fine. I'll just knock you off the clip. So you glitch and you can't do anything now. The cheating simply uh, made it possible. (laughs) Yeah. For all those very skilled players out there, I am joking. Yeah, I mean, if you are that good, kudos to you, but not me. <laughs> Goodness. Right. Well, that's it. That's all the time we got for this episode. So thank you to our patrons for joining us tonight. It was a blast per the usual. It's been a while and I missed you. We missed you. So thanks for we hanging out with us. Too. Again. We missed you. <laughs> we missed you for a long time. Oh, they missed us. (laughs) So on that note, thank you all for listening. Tune in next week. Bye. Thank you all for listening to the Legend of Zelda lore cast tonight. We hope you enjoyed yourselves. If you did, tell a friend, leave a review. We'd love to hear from you. You can chat with us all things Legend of Zelda on the Robots Radio Discord. Or you can get hold of us on our Twitter at LOZLoreCast. Intro and outro are done by Bettinal Landscape. Links are in the show notes below. Till next time, dear listener, it's dangerous to go alone. Take this. Hi, welcome to Three Count Thoughts. Let me introduce the crew real quick. Hi, 
I'm Maverick Stone. I'm Romer. And I'm Jaxus. Join us as we talk all things wrestling. Each week, we'll take a topic from the wrestling world, knock it around a bit, and then go over the week in wrestling from a strictly fan perspective. We can be found on all major podcast catchers. We can also be found at 3 Count Thoughts on both YouTube and Twitter. Or you can send us an email using 3 Thoughts at gmail.com. Okay, are you ready? Ring the bell. <laughs>